Welcome to the Journey of Strength podcast, the podcast for men that is going to teach you how to become stronger physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm your host, Jacob Weatherly. G'day guys, welcome back to the Journey of Strength podcast. Today we have special episode because today is the first episode that I've actually got a guest on and just to give you a bit of a, a bit of a ramp ramp up before we get into this epic conversation this guy is an absolute legend uh, I've known him for a fair while now he uh, he's probably one of the funniest blokes I know but he's also very very switched on uh, his name is Steve Schultz Steve Welcome to the Journey of Strength podcast, brother. Feel free to uh, give yourself a bit of an introduction and, and tell us what you do. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, what do I do? I do a few things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose what you would call me is a business coach. Uh, and so what I mainly do is help entrepreneurs, uh, either people getting started or you know people who have a small business to rise to the highest version of themselves and that in turn allows them to smash their business at a high level so that's sort of what i do and it's a it's a combination of you know lots of different things like all the strategy stuff but also heavily into the the mindset stuff which is funnily enough how we actually met through yes a beautiful man i'm sure he's a uh, his name's dropped on the podcast multiple times already because absolutely <laughs> he's a big man himself uh tom clark and uh that's kind of where we met each other and how our stories became intertwined it is yeah i think it was the igniter yeah yeah so it was the start of 2019 yeah it was a little more than no no 2020 it was a little more than a year ago yeah Wow, I just—I got so confused. I feel like I've known you for a lot longer than that, but right, yeah, yeah, um, right. And <laughs> I guess like what I what I really want to get into is um, obviously the journey of strength is all about finding true strength for men, and and now moving into moving into guests as well, like having conversations with with other men about how they've found their strength and sort of what they've been through to get to this this point mm-hmm. in their life. So it'd be really cool to yeah get some background on. Yeah, how you grew up, how you got to being a business coach and getting into the mindset work and everything like that. So, feel free to go into as much detail as you want, bro. Like, give us a give us a rundown on the life of Steve. Steve. Well, there's a lot to to go through, I guess. But uh, I suppose early days, I never really considered myself a man's man, a tough man. Um, there was as kids right we never really had uh we've sort of always had pets right when i live with my parents and even now that i've moved out of home i seem to keep attracting people into my life whether it's housemates or my brother's girlfriend they all have fucking animals right um and so there's pets just seems to be a constant thing in my life but we i think we had a budgie or something to start with but we looked after a dog for a while a big dog I don't know what you would call them, but to me, it just looked like a giant fox. Um, and we also looked after one of my brother's dogs for a while. And uh, that was a big German shepherd. So as a kid, I never really wanted to go outside or anything because I was scared of these big dogs because they would jump on you. And I was this little kid and I just got knocked over and I got scared. So I used to sit inside and, and play with my toys and, and a very imaginative um and uh, that was kind of me. I was just always dreaming and visualizing things and, and playing in my own head and, and playing with things and you know, also video games and stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I was very much an indoor kid. So I never really did a lot of, you know, the manly activities like the sports or helping dad outside to work on the house or anything like that. Uh, and he had one of my brothers. I've, I've got three brothers. So. And... <laughs> They were pretty good at helping dad outside, so he didn't sort of need me. So I wasn't very much of a a manly man as a kid. Uh, I wonder if perhaps either yourself or a few of your uh, listeners may be able to relate to that. 
I reckon for sure, for sure. And what sort of happened when you say like you weren't really a, you know, you weren't really a, a manly man growing up and what did that, yeah, what did that lead into in the next phase of your life? Yeah, good question. I guess... I mean, growing up, even in high school and stuff, I never really was like a tough kid because um, my brothers, you know, built some physical strength um, through helping dad, like you know, carrying shit and helping him on the roof and lifting things and whatever. And then they obviously started going to the gym when they were a little bit older. And then so here was me in high school, never really gone to a gym, didn't really have any, any sort of natural muscle or anything, never really did anything to grow the muscle, um, whether it be like a lot of sport, like I did a couple of sort of sports and that kind of thing, but never really anything that would increase any physical strength. And I even remember like uh, girlfriends and stuff in high school just being like, oh yeah, I mean, you'll never be like big. Like, you know, you, you're not really a muscly guy. Like you probably shouldn't wear tank tops because you don't really have, you know, the shoulders mm. or the biceps or anything for it. So that's kind of how I saw myself as a, as a younger a kid, I guess was just like, I wasn't strong. I was this the weak, skinny guy. If you, <laughs> if you see old photos of me, if you go back to my Facebook uh, from high school, I've shown people before and they're like, Jesus, lay off the meth. Like, how are you so skinny? <laughs> You're just this rake of a person. I'm like, yeah. And I was super white because I never got out in the sun. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, of course. Can relate. Like, I, like, obviously when I was growing up, I, was heavily involved in like team sport and yeah, always, always doing some form of exercise, like running around, like kicking the footy outside and everything like yeah. that. And it's so interesting to hear. Um, yeah. I suppose the other side of the coin, even if we want to call it that, where it's just like yeah. you're inside and, and it didn't go out much. Yeah. And I suppose like, yeah, you, you had this image of yourself where you're just like, Oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm this, this string beanie type kid and I wasn't strong. So like, how did you, how did you step into your strength? Like, was that, did that come on later in life or like, I suppose after the teenage years, like after school, what sort of things did you start to realize about yourself as a man in regards to your strength? Well, I remember being in uni at one point. Uh, I don't know what, year I was in uni but I had a friend um like first year of uni is when I started like a band um and I sort of always wanted to start a band from when I was in high school and stuff and I ended up starting one and uh, one of the guys in the band who was quite a bit younger <clears throat> he was still in high school and um he was a big footy player and so he would go to the gym and you know he was sort of pretty uh pretty well versed with it all because he sort of did it all through um, footy and stuff. So he was sort of used to it. And then so we were hanging out all the time and, and always like talking and writing music and being funny and stuff. So I started going to the gym with him. So in terms of when I started to develop physical strength, it sort of came from there. But I did feel as though, you know, I was pretty far behind um, and that I had a, a lot to sort of do and I, I never really felt like I could keep up with other people and all that sort of stuff with it. But that, I suppose, was the start of that for me in terms of um, that physical side of stuff, stepping into that. But I never felt confident with it. And that was why I was sucked at sport, was I just wasn't confident, mm. you know. Um, for instance, like I played basketball. Whenever I would get the ball, I would freak out. I just had like no confidence to sort of do anything with it. You know, and so I had, I suppose, a vision or a, a a way of looking at myself that was that I wasn't strong and that I wasn't athletic. And isn't it funny the, the things when you start to really dive into personal development and mindset and understanding language and how powerful that is, especially as a young person. Uh, mm, and you know what absolutely. our parents tell us, we believe. And you know, my so my parents always said you're uncoordinated because that's what they always said to my dad. Oh, you're uncoordinated. You're uncoordinated. You know, and he's like, Oh, you just like me. And that was his way of relating it. Like he, there was no, you know, malicious intent behind it, but you know, you just, you're uncoordinated, Steve. So then how would I show up 
when I tried to do sports, uncoordinated as fuck. Whereas mm, one of my brothers, mm. Phil, he's just like a freak. Like I, I think I, I think I was there the first time he decided, oh, I, sh- I should try and juggle. And then within a week or less, probably even like the space of like three minutes, he was juggling like three balls. Like you know, uh, I've seen him ride, a, you know, pick up a unicycle for the first time in the space of like an hour or so. Just nailed it, right? Mm. Um, and so he was always told, oh, you're lucky, Phil, you can do anything. So how did he show up? He could do everything. So then he, mm. how does that then make me feel? Oh, I can't do, I'm not like him. And so there's one way that you could take that as an older person. Now I would look at that and go, oh, well, I mean, stick to your strengths. That's a great lesson, right? Journey of strengths, stick to your strengths. But also develop those things that you don't have strength in. You know, but mm. so I, I kind of had this sort of vision for myself. But fast forward, <laughs> my my other brother and I, who I live with, he's very similar to me uh, in that regard. We were just like, oh, we, we think about things a lot. We're not, we, we got to kind of figure it out. And then we could start to practice it and do it. Whereas my other brother would just pick things up like that. But he doesn't like following through. He's the jack of all trades, but he doesn't ever want to like, why would he want to work at something? because he's not interested. So mm. I remember having a goal at one point to be better than him at guitar. And it just seemed like this insurmountable task because he was always playing guitar. And then so it was like sort of end of high school. We were jamming out to a couple of songs. And uh, we used to live in the same uh, bedroom together, me and him. And he turned around to me at one point saying like, fuck, you're, uh, you've gotten so much better than, than I ever was. And I never realized that. I was like, nah. And he's like, no, nah, yeah, like I can play like chords and stuff, but like, look at you, you're like riffing along and doing all this crazy shit. I can't do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So without realizing, I kind of surpassed that goal. But, you know, in my mind, it was this insurmountable goal. So I would just never get there. Mm. Um, but that's just an example. Like, you know, he, he would never, he didn't want to practice because why would he? He was just good at it. <laughs> mm, mm. So I think I that's a really it. interesting point like it's a, it's a really interesting point you make about that like yeah why would he practice because he's he's already good at it right exactly and it's like if because let's like let's not discount the fact that some people have really fucking good genetics like you see some dude in the gym who's like six foot five he's probably like 110 115 kilos and jacked yeah but he was six foot five when he was 18 <laughs> and he's probably 109 kilos yeah. and still like jacked. Anyway, like it's, it's interesting, like someone like that, potentially like I'm just stereotyping here, maybe already thinks they're good so they don't have to train as hard, potentially. Yeah. Whereas like uh, in the example you use with the guitar, you're like, fuck, to be as good as someone who's already good seems like so far away. Mm-hmm. In, in the present moment, like when yeah. you're thinking about it. But then I think it's a testament to, definitely a testament to the way you are and the way you attack things because I, I know you very well. And like, you're you're like, cool, you just need to like see things written out, right? Like you just need to be like, cool, step one, two, three, like, cool. And it's almost like unconsciously you knew as a kid, you are just like, cool, if I just have these little steps laid out for me, I know I can do it. And you maybe you didn't know it at the time, but mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a really cool thing to start to really understand yourself and those patterns, especially as a kid and like reflecting you know, you're older now and like reflecting back, you can be like, Cool, that's how I learned how to do that and get really good at that. Mm-hmm. What if I applied it to this area in my life? What if mm-hmm. I applied it to my health? What if I applied it to my relationships? What if I applied it to XYZ, blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah. So interesting how like all of a sudden you apply the same formula to different areas of your life and all of a sudden things just bloom. Well, isn't that hilarious? Because in the gym, at work, these kind of other areas, we want to seek advice and learn from people and have mentors. But how Mm. often does anyone learn anything about relationships? Does anyone learn anything about sex besides what they watch on movies or on educational videos on the internet, shall we call them, um, mm, and, mm. and that kind of thing. And it's like, why aren't those important areas? I mean, maybe sex is an important thing for a lot of people, and that's fine. Take it or leave it, I guess, if you're not into it. But uh, just relationships as a whole, like 
put sex, I suppose, as a, a subcategory or a part of that, right? Yeah, but relationships absolutely. as a whole. Who who has a relationship coach? You know, I do currently. <laughs> but you know what? Exactly. And so I've I've invested in different people, uh, not just in terms of you know relationship and that kind of thing um, with the opposite sex, but also like my relationship with myself. Like I've mm, invested mm. in in sort of uh, people around like you know meditation and and getting to know your yourself and working with your own emotions. And so those areas are just things. It's like well, no. I remember when I first told him, I'm like, oh, I have this like coach who's he's kind of like a, a relationship. Maybe he's like a sex coach. I don't really know what he is. Um, and they were like, well, why do you need coaching in that? Like, are you not good at that? And it's like, well, how did you learn? Oh, well, practice mm. and experience. Cool. Awesome. Is there other ways to learn through someone else's experience? Because I could also learn yeah. business experience by myself. That would take a long time. I'm happy to learn from people who've already mastered it and want to teach about the business that they've mastered. Mm, and uh, surely the path for me going to zero to 250K will be a lot shorter if I learn from someone who's done multiple six figures, seven figures, eight figure businesses. Surely they're going to be able to tell me some things that'll speed up the process. Um, yeah. You know, so these are the kind of interesting things. But just quickly to, to, to backstep, what's super interesting is as a kid, you have this vision of yourself that I'm not the manly man and I'll never be jacked and all this, right? I'm not athletic like you. I'm uncoordinated, all these things, you know, and only now I realize sort of where they came from and all that kind of stuff. But talking to my brother, he doesn't want to, because he learns from watching people and he can just do things. He's just very hands-on, very physical how plane, right? Mm, <laughs> uh, love them how planes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, so for me, very much more the mental plane, I'm like, well, I need to understand it and the system and all that kind of stuff behind yeah. it. I need to think about it. And then, you know, and people would, uh, often talk about like my guitar rigs and stuff. I'd rock up on stage and they'd be like, how do you have this? Like, this is so like complicated and, and it'll be like, it, it seems so simple the way you operate it, but how, how does it all work? And I'm like, well, I thought about it a lot and then I, thought about what could be possible and then I put it together and then I, I built it out in my mind and then I created it in reality. Mm. Uh, and, and I suppose that's a great metaphor for life too. But talking to my brother now, he can't fucking stand teaching people shit because he wants, he's like, mm. watch me. And then it's like, well, I, I, I thought I did what you did. I watched you. And he's like, no, 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 fucking watch. Just look, you got to do what I'm doing. Like, why can't you get it? Like, I'm not, I don't want to tell you. I'll just fucking do it myself. It's not worth it. I don't want to teach people shit. Whereas me, mm. so opposite. I like love teaching people shit. And mm. I don't know, but I wonder if that comes down to the fact that I needed to learn things to understand them, to then do them. And so I had to break things down in my own head so I understood them. And that then allowed me to become a learner and then become a teacher versus yeah. my brother who just wants to do shit. And that's it. He wants to just do it, get it done. Hmm, absolutely i think that's a good point like you you definitely need to understand things at a certain level to be able to teach them like you can yeah i think that's a really you worded it really well if i remember you worded it like this which i, I believe you did um it was like you can you can know something like you can know something but it's not until you understand it that you can actually teach it yeah like you can know algebra you can know algebra but until you understand algebra, you have no hope in the world of teaching that shit. A hundred percent. I heard from so many mentors uh, last year about, you know, place trust in the universe and the things will happen. And uh, I quite like that because it sort of, um, it clicks in a place with a lot of like my religious beliefs growing up, you know, that, you know, do your best and let God do the rest kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing, right? Mm. It's called something different. But it's the same essence, which is great. But I never told any of my clients that, even though it was the advice I was getting from all my mentors, because I didn't know how. <laughs> because mm. I remember asking one of my coaches, they're like, just place trust. You just gotta you just gotta do this, and then you place trust that the universe will provide. And I was like, like question, and they're like, Yeah, what's sure, what's your question? 
what's the step? Like, what's the formula to, to, to placing trust in the universe? How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me yeah. the steps, mate. And they were like, there's no steps. You just place trust. It's a feeling. Like, you just got to do it. And it's like, I don't know how to do it. So I never, it was never yeah. a thing that I taught my guys until end of last year, start of this year. I just got whacked over the face multiple times with this lesson of, oh, okay, place trust. I look at how things are just working out, even though yesterday it felt like it was never going to happen and things were just, just going to be stressful or whatever forever and you, know, you were never going to get the answer to this problem or whatever it is. They would just work themselves out, even to the point where it's like, mm. oh, man, I'm just so busy. I can't get to the shops and buy new underwear and – you know, is that where I want to spend my money? Like, I just can't be all the all the stuff. My housemate got a whole bunch of underwear for Christmas, and he was just like, "Oh, I don't really like any of this, but it's like all in plastic. Like, I haven't been, haven't worn it, but there you go." And I was just <laughs> like, "Are you kidding me? Like, is, is someone listening? <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck?" And mm. it just kept happening over and over again. And I was like, "Okay, place trust. Yeah, cool. All right." And then it happened more and more and more and more. And it became one of the things that I ended up telling one of my guys. I don't know if you saw this recently, but uh, I had a client who's uh, he was going hard on TikTok for a long time, and he he was trying to get. To I 600. did see this. Yeah. yeah, it blew up, right? He blew up. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to get to six hundred followers, and that was his twenty day goal that we set, and we were going to go hard. And he'd already said to me, like, "Man, I'm doing all this work, and I'm just not seeing it pay off." And I was like you have two things to worry about. Don't worry about the results. Don't worry about the follower count. All your actions are is to set how many videos that you want to do per day on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, right? And just do that. And your other action is to place trust. And I use this example of when you plant the seed. Yeah, you've got to dig up the soil. You've got to make sure the soil's all good. You've got to make sure the seeds are good. And you plant seeds in multiple places. A good farmer does that. Not just one place because what if that soil sucks what if you try and plant in the middle of the desert it's like oh well this these seeds just don't grow no you put it in the desert you fuck with put it in the wrong place <laughs> right <laughs> right so i said a wise farmer plants multiple seeds in multiple places and that right but i said you plant the seed you got to do the soil you got to water it you got to show up and do your bit but then do you demand that the sun fucking does its thing and shines or do you whatever do you do you just rock up and go, you know what? I've got to do my bit. I've got to show up and water the plant every day or whatever i got. I've got to do my bit. And then do you place trust that the weather, the, the sun, the, the universe, mother nature will just do her bit because that's part of the fucking plant growing and growing mm. healthily and growing strong and all those beautiful things, right? And so that was, that was his part of his task was you, know, you don't only just have to um, do your bit every day where you upload. You also then have to also consciously place trust that the rest will work itself out don't worry about seeing the followers go up or not because that's not going to help you what's going to help you is showing up and doing your bit every day doing as best as you can and then placing trust and then randomly he fucking got to i think it was like thirty thousand followers then he hit 50 and i think he's just cracked seventy thousand followers today uh, I was wow. just talking to him this morning and he'll probably get to 80 and then maybe it'll slow down. Maybe he'll get to a uh, hundred thousand followers. Who knows? Um, I thought the momentum would die a lot quicker cause it's TikTok, and you never know. It's very unpredictable, but it seems to yeah. be going pretty strong. Um, and look, say what, like, I mean, whether that's a great feat or not, it doesn't fucking matter. The point is he set a goal for 600 followers and he ended up now with 70,000. And the only thing he did differently this time, besides being consistent and not being a little bitch and just showing up, was placing trust. And then look what fucking happened. Mm. But I, did, I yeah. never taught that until it fucking unfolded into my life. And I was like, okay, got it. Like, yeah. <laughs> placing trust is Absolutely. fucking important. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's such a big thing. It's, it's such a huge thing, placing trust. And yes. most people will try and logically make sense of trust. And it's like, that's me. Trust is not a mental game. Like, no, it's not at all. And like, yeah. you, you'll sit there and you'll be like, trust, cool. Trust is uh, X plus Y and it'll equal Z. Oh, but, oh, wait, no, maybe there's like this different thing and this equation and whatever. And it's like, no, man, like, trust is not an equation. Trust is not up here in your head. Mm. 
trust is just like a full heart and soul thing. It's just like, yeah, the the plant metaphor, right? It's the perfect metaphor. It's like, cool, you've got to do the work. Like you still have the work to do. You got to make sure the soil is cool. You got to make sure you have the right plant and everything like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. cool. Now that I've done my bit, placing trust in the universe, placing trust in the higher power, God, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Cool. The sun is going to do its bit. The air quality is going to do its bit. Blah 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 is going to do its bit. And then when I come back. And I need my, I need to do my part again. My trust is going to be fruitful, and that plant's going to have grown. Like it's, it's something I teach my guys as well, and it's like, and it, it's so interesting because, uh, especially for for males, like it's so prevalent. We just we always try and make sense of things logically. It's like you think of all the the, uh, you know, the, the stereotypical jobs a man does. We've got builders, plumbers, electricians engineers all of these kinds of things which Mm -hmm. are what a lot of equations a lot of making sense of things logically so when it comes time for men to drop into their hearts it's one of the most challenging things they can do and trust issues are so prevalent amongst men it's like well, yeah no shit we have no idea how to fuck to drop into our hearts because all we try and do is make sense of things up here so yeah i uh i i hear that a lot that was the thing that i love how you said that no wonder we have trust issues because we don't know how to place trust now i don't necessarily think that like i I wouldn't view myself as someone who has trust issues um i definitely have in the past and i can see that um in some ways Yeah, I think I um I very I very much struggled to man, there's just a lot to unpack there, right? Like even <laughs> as you say those those trades, right? They're physically doing stuff, but also it's like it's equations, it's 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 simple, but it's like you're rely- you're in control you're relying on yourself and mm. that is the opposite of yes you still have to show up you still got to water the plant do your bit but you have to place trust that the rest of it will be sorted out you know once again do your best let the god the universe whatever it is do do the rest and i love what you said about dropping into the heart i heard so many people talk about this and maybe it comes back to what you're saying but a lot of them are women, and they say to me all the time, "Like, oh, get out of your head, get get into your heart, like, drop into your body." And I'm like, mm. "I don't know what that means." And then I would sort of <laughs> ask them to articulate, like, "Well, how do I do that? What does that mean?" And they're like, "No, you just get out of your head, and you get." And it's like they they were just it was like it's teacher. It's like, "Well, what does this word mean?" And they just use it in a sentence. It's like, "Oh, what does uh, stabbed mean?" Oh, Billy stabbed Chris, and it's like, "But what does stabbed mean?" No, no, no. Mm. Like he did it. And it's like, no, no, no. But what does it mean? Like explain the word. And I felt like a lot of teachers in high school would just use the word in a sentence again. They like, just as if like, well, you should fucking understand it kind of thing, you know? Mm. And I, Mm. I, once again, it's not a mental game. You can't learn like the steps on how to do it. Yes, you can to a certain degree. And I kind of had to figure that out for myself to then understand it. But it was something I never did. And Mm. I had a, um, I had a great, I just caught up with her uh, last week. Um, she's an uh, old colleague of mine from my previous job. And um, we had the same role. We were both uh, the account managers. And so we're this account management team, but we worked individually. But mm. we would always collaborate and so on together. And what was hilarious and remarkable was we'd always end up at the same place and always agree with each other, but we'd just come about it from completely different angles, you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, well, what do you want? Like, what's the goal here? And then she'd be like, well, how do you feel? And it's like, together, we, we were this unstoppable force, right? But individually, we both almost couldn't see each other's side of things. And I think we rubbed off on each other a lot. I think she became a lot more like systemized and structured and, you know, she would be, very much be, you know, stressed, a lot of the time, you know, mm. and I'd just be like very chill and just be like, yeah, no, nah, but like you just, just work the system kind of thing. Like that's a cool, I, you know, and be like, oh, this person's like 
angry or this customer's got a problem. I'm like, okay, so I'll calm them down. Like I was just never worried. I was like, no, no, I'll just, I'll just sort it out. Like, cause that's what I did. Right. Um, but I learned from her a lot more about like connecting with that emotional side. I remember at one point, like disagreeing about something like just completely. And I just, I just, I literally couldn't understand. Like I just couldn't see her point at all. And then it was only through, I heard a um, combination of Kerr and Ray and Peter Crone, who have both done a lot of mental, mental and emotional work as well as all the other stuff, right? Personal element, like they understand the business side of everything as well. Um, they both are very interesting because you, you can really see both of those sides come out of them in the way they speak. And uh, especially Peter Crone. And hearing them talk about a couple of things around like grief and loss and heartbreak and things, I understood what she was talking about because it was explained to me in language that I could understand it. And that was in the gateway for me to go, I understand you. And I remember saying to her after like a whole, like we had holidays for a few weeks and I came back and said, Oh, I need to thank you. She said, well, what? And I'm like, well, you said this thing and I didn't really believe it at the time. I didn't understand it, but now I get it. And like, you're right. There's this mm. whole thing that I didn't really understand here around like this emotional side of stuff. And then that then was the doorway for me to really go down that whole path and explore that feminine side, if you like, um, mm, mm. which I just never really understood. And it's been one of the biggest game changers, not only in my business, but just in my whole fucking personal life and the way I look at the world. But isn't, yeah, that, funny? Absolutely. isn't it funny that as guys, we just <laughs> typically, stereotypically can't, like we just, we don't see things like that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's a really interesting point you made about the masculine and feminine thing, right? It's like most most guys are so shut off to their feminine. Like it's like stereotypically, I'm talking like a, a high percentage of the male population. Correct. And it's fairly fairly well known. Like let's not beat around the bush. It's fairly well known that men have troubles getting into their feminine. Sure. And then like we also have trouble stepping into our healthy masculine because there's a lot of toxic masculinity out there and there's a lot of wounded masculine out there and everything like that. But yeah, like you said, if you can have a conversation with someone who is, yeah, very much in their feminine, you can start to understand that and then really start to, yeah, I suppose articulate it in your own way and then apply it to who you are. Then, mm. I mean, how much, yeah, how much did that, how much did that benefit you and the work you do and sort of the, the quality of life that you had? Oh, immensely. Like, even in terms of, so the thing that actually came up was um, it was grief. This was the whole spark of it was um, someone in our family had died, not someone that I was very close to. And um, we were talking and she said, oh, sorry to hear. And I said, oh, I'm not. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I don't really believe in sort of saying sorry a lot of the time from the point of view of um, – Not that we don't make mistakes, but like, for instance, I, there's a lot of different ways to look into it. And without sort of really going down the rabbit hole, the simplest form, I, I heard so a lot, a lot of, I, I learned it from Lewis Mocker and doing like, you know, breakthrough uh, experience with Martini and stuff. So like, that's, we're talking like deep level work there, but the simplest explanation I heard on TikTok one day, which was instead of saying, oh, sorry for being late say thank you for your patience or thank you for waiting mm, yep do you know what i mean and so absolutely yeah so i'm big on that i'm like oh well my belief especially at the time around you know grief is just like well you know energy is never created or destroyed people just transform and you know once again simplifying things and putting things in ways people can understand right uh yoda i think said it best in um revenge of the sith any star wars fans out there Yo, you. Uh, he, <laughs> he says, "You got to do the Yoda voice too." By the way, I hope you're about to do that. Oh, I wasn't going to do the Yoda voice. But he <laughs> says, um, "You know, be." Uh, I don't know if he says "be grateful," but um, uh, rejoice for those who transform into the into the Force. Mourn them, do not miss them, do not. And then he says, you know, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, which I know hits home for both of us coming out of the transformer that we just did, a lot of work that we just did. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the 
things that surrounded that was, you know, the fear of death. And when you're fearing death, you're actually furthest away from living. Uh, and yeah. that's in all things. I, I remember, you know, being in a spot in a relationship where I just saw, oh, no. And this, I mean, comes back to trust. I really fell for this girl and uh, saw her pull away and have this disconnect from me. And at the same time, was spending a lot of time with this other guy who I know had previously had a thing for her and all that kind of thing. And that's what had happened in a previous relationship of mine. I broke up with a girl that we was with for like five years and in the space of a couple of months, she was with his best friend who was, you know, someone that I immediately loved and connected with as soon as she introduced me to him. And mm. uh, I, I saw like early signs of things happening when like, you know, she was texting him. Like she was at my house and she was just super disconnected from me and then she was texting him and she lit up and it was like, this is the first time I've seen you happy all night and it's not talking to me, it's talking to this other bloke. But I never really worried about it all that much. There was something, I don't know, maybe I was just naive. Um, but then that, that's how it unfolded. It was like a few months afterwards, she was with this other bloke who was her friend. So then I sort of basically saw the same pattern happening uh, in front of me and I freaked out. And I remember talking to a few people about it and they're like, well, do you think she's cheating on you? And I'm like, I don't. I, I wouldn't care if someone cheated on me. That's not what I have a problem with. That's not what I'm scared of. Mm. I'm scared of that means that the relationship is over and I don't want to mm. lose her. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't even, oh my yeah. God, how could someone fuck someone else? It was, oh my God, this, this relationship is dying. Mm. And the more I thought about that, the worse things got, the more disconnected I felt, the more I read into everything. And then eventually mm -hmm. she sort of was like, yeah, this isn't really working for me. And I'm like, I fucking wonder why. Because <laughs> it's not working yeah. for me. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm fucking, I'm so terrified all the time that the moment you sort of turn away and don't seem to be connected, I'm just like fearful and was like, oh no. This is not going to work out. And then how do you show up in a relationship? Do you show up as confident? Do you show up as sexy? Do you show up as someone that someone wants to be around? Fuck no. <laughs> it's mate. Yeah. Like it, Grace and I had very similar things to work through like early on in our relationship. We were so, yeah, we were so scared of like losing each other. We were so yeah. scared that the other one would leave. Yes. That, what, would, what, did we, what did we show up as and what did we manifest? We manifested pushing each other away. Yes. Because that's all we were thinking about. We're like, if I'm waking up every single day out of fear that Grace will leave me, then am I going to try and like, am I going to show up as someone who is super connected and like super loving towards my partner? No. Nope. Fuck no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be full in scarcity mode because I'm like so scared that they're going to leave. And like, it's, it's, so interesting you bring up the death thing too because like yeah that was huge for me at transformer as well it's just like fuck like mm. if you're so scared of dying then like what are you focusing on well, you're focusing on dying so you just basically i mean i was about to say you're basically focusing on living the rest of your life towards death but you basically just start dying straight away like it's like if you're so focused and you're so scared about dying you're slowly you're basically slowly dying from that moment on it's gonna be a slow fucking painful death slow painful death 100 percent, man 100 percent. Mm. and what was interesting for me is uh coming out of that relationship i um i was very fortunate it was my previous job that i uh we had business consultants that we worked with and i learned a lot from them you know, like everyone would sort of go in and, and listen to what they said. I would write it down. Like I was, I was like, they're like, oh, you know, somebody would be like, oh, I probably don't have time for these meetings and stuff with these people. And I'm just like, fucking, that's all I can fucking think about. Like <laughs> someone else do my job for me. Why well, I just go learn. Like, that's are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'll cancel everything to fucking rock up to these things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember going in on a day off, like a time in lieu day. I just went in for that thing. I was like, no, I'll come in for a few hours in the morning. I ain't give a fuck. They're like, oh, it's your day off. And I'm like, I ain't give a fuck. <laughs> is, oh, I, I don't it. care if I don't get paid for this. I'm fucking here, right? Uh, and one of the guys said this thing. He was talking about fear and love. Uh, and how 
the opposite of love is actually fear and mm. and so on. And people think like uh, the opposite of love is hate. And it's like, well, what's, what's hate really breed from a lot of the time? And, and I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but love and fear are kind of these, the opposites, right? Um, and he sort of said, um, fear cannot exist, fear cannot exist in a place of love. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. And then he said, but also love cannot exist in a place of fear. And I was just like, no wonder there was no love. I was yeah. fucking scared the whole time. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah. shit. And he's like, yeah, that landed or whatever. And I was like, yep. And you just told me about my fucking relationship and why it didn't work. And he was just like, oh, cool. <laughs> this is just supposed <laughs> to be business consulting, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually have uh, a question I want to ask because sure. this, that, that's a really good segue for the work that you do because you're primarily a business coach, right? Mm-hmm. How, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you primarily work with males? Is that is that mainly your your, your clientele or if yeah. it's not, I'm sure there's females as well, right? But this question can be applied to male and female clients, of yours especially. Mm-hmm. How... Like within your within your business, right, and in the clients that you have, how much of a correlation is there between what they have going on personally and what they have going on in their business? Oh, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, like it's it's a, just to answer your question and for your viewers, it's like predominantly males, not from any point of <coughs> not wanting to work with females or anything like that. I just seem to attract a lot of guys, uh, which is cool. Um, I, I definitely have a few female clients though, which is great. Um, and funnily enough, I was uh, talking to a female client that I have at the moment and um, talking about the whole masculine feminine thing, which is a really interesting thing to sort of get into. But um, they're the same thing especially if your business is just you, you know, you're just a startup and you're in like the coaching kind of space or like the, it's called service-based business, right? You, your business is literally you and your personal brand is your personality. Like it is just you Mm. and your whole business is a reflection of you. And I think Tom Clark really says it the best when he says like, you know, your business will bring shit to the surface about your personal life or you as a person and you'll have to face it like like mm-hmm. nothing else does. Like, yeah, sure, the gym and sport and a lot of these things that have great metaphors and they will bring up certain things. But when you are your business, it's so easy to see like everything that's yeah. sort of going on. Um. And yeah, everyone's personal stuff. Like one of the female clients over the moment, everything that we're doing is around like her relationship with her mum. Mm. It's like, well, how is that related to the business? Fuck, how is it not related to the business? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, what's some um, what's some challenges you commonly see with males in their business? I don't want to say confidence, but some form of self-doubt or something around that. And when I say Mm. that, I don't want anyone to think that I work with a guy and he'll rock up and just say, yeah, I'm really struggling with self-doubt. I just don't believe in myself. No one fucking yeah. says that shit. <laughs> if they do, like props, like, you know, straight up, you know? Yeah. Very little, very rarely we ever hear a guy say that. Um, it shows up in so many different ways, though. You'll have mm. a guy who just sits there and just keeps working on his program and every, every day. You'll have someone else who won't show up on camera very well or is sort of afraid to show up in that regard. You'll have, you know, someone who does all of the work but never executes like will never jump on a, on a sales call for instance yeah. and never grow their business that way 
or whatever it is. But it generally all comes back to something about there's a fear here about something or I don't feel strong or confident enough in here or I'm subordinating someone else and I don't feel like I'm enough because I'm putting someone else on a pedestal or mm. whatever. And, you know, even from the point of view of just like little accountability things that we've done, you know, I've done like dopamine detox work with people and a few things like that where I've set some sort of challenges. And, you know, part of that accountability is like if you sh if you don't show up, then you've got to do like an ownership video in the group. And you and I have been privy to that a lot in uh, in our work with Tom Clark, yeah, which is great. But I even had one guy not rock up to like the group call, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, I I didn't do this, or I struggled with this, or whatever." I'm like, "Oh, where was your ownership video?" And he's like, "Oh, I didn't really feel like I could uh, do that. Why?" It's like, "Oh." didn't really feel worthy of like the accountability like, that high level of accountability. And I was like, what do you mean you're not worthy? And he was like, I fucking hate that. I fucking live with my parents and all this shit that he'd been holding on to for ages just came out and all, and this was like early on as well. This was like, must have been like week three or four or something of like a 12-week program mm. and all the boys were just like oh shit and that's at the tone of like fuck man we really got to own up to some shit here like we've got to step into this and it allowed all the other boys to be like you know what i've been fucking playing small too or whatever and you really get around each other and that became the new thing it's like it was okay to express your challenges because mm. a lot of them wanted to rock up especially at the start no one wants to fall no one wants to fail and when they yeah. do, they want to have excuses and stuff and whatever. And that's not a, a, a bad thing. There's no judgment there. It's just like all the guys actually respected the bloke who in front of everyone could be like, I've got some shit here and just break down and be emotional. And everyone was just like, yep. yeah, brother. And just see mm -hmm. how much that one moment where this guy felt weak because he was upset how much that connected the whole crew yep. was insane. I think that says a lot about how men are seen in society at the moment because, I mean, a lot of guys out there are so scared to just talk about their shit and everyone's just waiting in the shadows for someone else to do it, but they're not seeing anyone else do it. And they're like, they're like sitting there, they're like, Where's my, where, where the fuck's my opportunity? Like just waiting there like, ah, is it time now? Is it time now? Is it time now? And then 40 years down the track, they push it down so fucking hard that they're popping pills every morning. They hate their fucking job. All of this kind of shit. Whereas mm. like you see one guy expressing his shit and then of course it's going to create a domino effect. Of course they're going to see how powerful it fucking is. They're going to see mm. that there's no judgment. Like, Absolutely no judgment. You just got a guy expressing his shit, taking responsibility for his stuff. Like, how fucking empowering is it? Like, within the journey of strength, I mean, my guys, like, it happens so often. I have one guy, he's just like, yeah, fuck, look. Uh, I've got this shit going on with my dad. I fucking hate him. I want to beat the shit out of him. Blah, 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 blah. And then next minute, the whole call is just, like, in tears. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck, my dad this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, like... Yeah, and it's just like it, it, it just takes one person to like get up and like be so open and vulnerable and for everyone else out there, especially males, to see how much strength that actually gives a bloke, so fucking empowering. Mm. That actually leads me into the, one of the final questions I have for you, mate, awesome. which is uh, what do you believe true strength is for a man? Big question. Oh, yeah, we don't do things fucking lightly around here, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I have to lean towards ownership from the point of view of taking responsibility. Mm. I have a little story that I might add with that. I, um, when I was doing this, I don't know if you want to call it relationship coaching or um, whatever, learning from this bloke, 
one of the things he was talking about um, from the point of view of sex was uh, this concept called RBDSM. Have you heard of it? Not RBDSM. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. Uh, I'll see if I can. Uh, I just don't want to incorrectly quote it. Yeah. Um, RBDSM stands for Relationships, Boundaries, Desires, Sexual History and Meaning. So the idea is it's this like powerful practice. So before you sleep with a chick to actually speak to her and sort of talk this stuff out like, okay, you know, what are your sort of previous relationships like? Um, what are your boundaries? Like where, you know, is there something mm. that you're not okay with? Like, you know, you might be yeah. cool with me pulling on your hair, but do you not want to be choked? Is that going to cause mm. you some trauma because of some previous shit in your life? What are your desires? Like, what are your fantasies? Sexual history is obviously pretty obvious because of, um, you know, like just being safe and, you know, not getting STDs yeah. and shit, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah. how much does that detract from the experience if you're like, I hope this person doesn't have fucking like AIDS and they didn't fucking mention it. Like, not that yeah. I ever think about that, but you never know. And the last one is meaning. Like, what does this mean? And mm. he's and one of the guys on the call was just like, "Hold on, hold on, I don't want to have a conversation with a chick like that might make her not want to sleep with me. Isn't the whole idea bring her back and get it done?" Um, and this this bloke is is great, and he said, "Well, here's the thing. What if she's up for it? It's consensual. She's all about it. But then the next day, she's like, well, what does this mean?'" And then that hurts her in that fact. Is that okay? Um, and I remember sort of having to ask myself that question and be like, well, you know, if she, I don't want her to wake up feeling shit. So, yeah, I guess I would rather talk to her like, what does this mean? And both of us be like, you know, I, I mean, this just from the point of view of one, like have an actual good sex because they're interested. Yeah. They have all their questions answered. They know what it means or they're not reading stuff into it. And there's no, you're both on the same page. Mm. And then if you yeah, both decide that's not what you want to do, then that's great. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, cool. That's better than one of us being hurt tomorrow or one of us, you know, whatever that is. And I had had this experience in the past with this girl where she, uh, she called me up and wanted me to pick her up and bring her back to my place and all the stuff. And, you know, we started kissing and all the things and it was all good. Um, and then, you know, we sort of went on a couple of dates afterwards. And once I started to sort of get to know her a little bit better, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm interested here in this because, you know, I, I just feel like our, our personalities just don't, just don't match. And then I sort of felt like she got a little bit hurt from that because she was like, well, you're just fine to kind of sleep with me. What the fuck? And then I was like, well, hold on, you didn't lay your cards out on the table and say, this is what I want and we're not going to do this until we do this. I felt like we were both on the same page because we didn't discuss anything. So mm. I was like, no, I'm in the right here. Fuck you. Don't be, you can't be angry at me. You didn't fucking, you didn't, you know, you didn't take responsibility. And when I heard this, I was like, oh shit. And I started to get super emotional on this call. I was like, I'm the man. I should have created a space to have that conversation. I was holding her at ransom being like, well, no, you didn't fucking create the space. And it's like, maybe that was my job as the man, right? To create a space where she felt safe enough for us to have that conversation. Because then if she had told me, well, I don't want to do this unless it means this, I would have been quite happy to say, I'll take you home. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not the guy that's... who's like, just wants to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that is such an important thing for all men to know for sure like and it's something grace and i've discussed and we're fucking married and we've got a kid and we still discuss these things like it's been challenging for me to do it because it's so foreign like it was such a foreign thing for me Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean early on in our relationship we didn't really discuss those types of things until later on but then as soon as we had that discussion especially around sex fuck our sex life got so much better and like now like it's me leaning into those types of conversations about like boundaries and like what does us having sex tonight mean because one night it might mean something completely different one night it might be like super slow super sensual lighting candles massages other nights 
might be in the kitchen and it might just be like, all right, it's fucking go time, like kind of thing. But it's just like you have to have that. You've got to have that open line of communication for sure. So I think that's fucking cool. That's really cool. And I think that transpires to all areas of life, you know. Uh, What is the meaning that you give to anything but just, I suppose, going back to the whole thing around you taking personal responsibility. Take personal responsibility for your health. Take personal responsibility for whatever situation. Take personal responsibility for your business, for your love life, for everything. You know, take personal responsibility for your finances. (laughs) Um, You know, it's, it's hard. And sometimes we don't want to be the man and take responsibility for whatever mm-hmm. the, that situation is in life. But fuck, man. It's, it's, it's a fucking powerful thing to, to take responsibility and to just like take full ownership. Like as hard as it fucking is at the time, because it's fucking hard, hard sometimes. Like especially like recently I've had to really take responsibility for lies and, and really own up to the fact that I've been lying. And like it's a fucking hard thing to admit that you're a liar, and but sure. now I'm like I'm like oh yeah I'm like I fucking own that, and like mm-hmm. it's out there like people know about it, and I'm like, what are they going to do about it? Like who cares? Like I know I'm a liar. I've said it, and if they go yeah you're a liar, I can just be like well yeah I know, yeah I, I told you that I know, like it's so fucking empowering so. Yeah, ownership and taking responsibility. Love it. Yeah. And one final question for you, mate, that I'm going to wrap up with, and I purposely didn't tell you these questions that I'm going to ask because I wanted to raw answer. <laughs> What's uh? And I wanted to end it on on a little bit of a light note so people can sort of uh, yeah, cool. get get to know you a little bit better before we wrap up. And it's cool. like, what's what's one thing that people might not know about you? That's a great question, bruh, because I feel as though people know so much about me. Like I'm very open book in a lot of ways, um, but I'm sure there's lots of things that people don't know about me. Um, fuck, what is something that people don't know about me? Maybe a few people don't know this. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I mentioned earlier that I had three brothers. I actually also have six sisters, so I'm one of ten. Ten children in the family. What? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, wow. Big yeah. family. It's something that comes up a lot um, on different bits and pieces of things when we start having deep conversations with people. But just from a surface level, yeah, most people, I suppose, wouldn't know that unless they like know me personally or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, wow. Cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And where can where can people where can people look you up? Where can people contact you? Where can people find your shit? Awesome. So yeah, just uh, Steve Schultz or Coach Steve Schultz on Pretty much all the platforms, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, that's where I normally hang out. Come, come hang out over on Instagram, Coach Steve Schultz, S C H U L T Z E. Yeah, that's where I kind of hang out, produce a lot of content. Um, launching my own podcast soon, which you guys all have to check out. <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake already knows about it. Um, <laughs> it's called the Fired Podcast. So I'm sure you can find that. Um, or it's just called Fired with Steve Schultz. But um, you can find that on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, and yeah, come come hang out. Come drop a line. Let me know that you, you came from uh, the beautiful journey of strength and uh, get around us. I'd be happy you to have you on board. Enjoying the, uh, the fuckery of my <laughs> social medias. <laughs> yes yeah everyone go go follow him on instagram because the guy's on pretty fucking hilarious and <laughs> produces some banger content so go check him out appreciate it mate anyway brother thank you so much for jumping on uh i'm so so incredibly grateful super appreciative for having you here and yeah what an incredible conversation we had it's been my pleasure thank you so much awesome thank you so much guys i will speak to you next time peace peace out 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Journey of Strength podcast. If you know a man, if you know a bloke who you think could benefit from listening to something like this, please feel free to share this with him. Also, if you're looking for even more free content, jump over to our Instagram page at Jacob underscore Weatherly. That's J-A-C-O-B underscore W-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-E-Y. And as well as that, jump over to our YouTube channel. Again, Jacob Weatherly. Search that up on YouTube for even more free content, free resources for all of us men out there. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Peace.